mean, my boss is a beep. If you had to deal with some of the beep I had to deal with, you wouldn't give a beep either. In other words, it makes sense for me to be this way. Why wouldn't you? Look at what I'm doing. You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that'll help your credit union grow. ServiceStar has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership development, and management training. To learn more about what ServiceStar can do for you or your credit union, check them out at servicestarconsulting.com. Welcome back to part two of our birthday gift to you on Mike's birthday. Yeah, that's right. We're reversing the order of what typically happens on somebody's birthday. We're giving you a gift as a result of Mike Neal doing a Vertex Live Nationwide session last year on his birthday. I was on mute because I was laughing and rolling so much because Mike was just on his birthday mode A game. So listen in. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about as he covers employee motivation with our Vertex Live Nationwide Fall group from 2021. So what is motivation? What is motivation? By the way, I wonder if we believe that people are more motivated than they used to be. Guys, did you know, did you know in August, approximately 10 million people quit their job? In August, approximately 10 million people quit their job. In the last month, we added 198,000 jobs. Wait, what? 10 million people quit their job. We added 198,000 jobs. You do that math. Mike, that doesn't sound reasonable to me. Anybody gone to a restaurant lately? 20 open tables and they tell you it's a 20 minute wait. Because they have one person cooking and one person who's busting. By the way, please never get mad at those people. Never get mad at their, those people. Thank God that they actually showed up to work. This is a timely topic, employee motivation. But what is motivation? Okay, Mike, what would it take you to run? We now have a graphic depiction. If, if I were to become a runner, what would it take? I really wouldn't even be this, right? Because people that know me know I'm an avid endorsement. Like if you ever see me outdoors, it's just because I've left one indoors place walking to another indoors place. And you just happen to see that moment I was outside. So I'm not big to be, you know, if it's not 72 degrees, no, thank you. All right. So I wouldn't even exercise if a T-Rex chased me because I realized I'm never going to outrun him. And then I'm going to get winded and sweaty. So I would just lay down and let the inevitable happen, right? I'd be like, why well, get out of breath? You're going to die anyway. But if you, but I will tell you this. So again, as you can see, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've, cure, I've been curated over a long period of time. So when you get to my age, you, you know, when you go to your age, you're like, hey, do you think I could still play flag football? Do you think I should, you know, get back into tennis? At my age, you're like, what are the major signs of a stroke? <laughs> that's that's the questions I ask. So, you know, and it, so when the doctor says, hey, your blood sugar is high and your cholesterol is high, 
If this continues, I'm going to have to put you on medication. Then what do you do? That might change your motivation. It might not change your motivation, but you might go, if I, I'm going to be on all kinds of pills if I don't eat better and exercise. So if you change the motivation, many times you change the action of the individual. So that's all motivation is. Okay. Our working definition. It's the desire to perform at a level that meets or exceeds expectations. What? Regardless of obstacles. That's the key, guys. When, when, when I developed this um, definition, I really, I looked at it and went, oh, I feel good about that. Because it's not just the desire to perform at a level that meets or exceeds expectations. It's regardless of obstacles. I brag on Scott again a little bit, right? So Scott is motivated because when you give him something to do, he doesn't come back to you and go, yeah, that what you told me didn't work. What he does is he came back and he, he'll say, what you said didn't work, but I came up with this way to do it. So he had to overcome an obstacle to get there. Most employees, when you give them a goal, like I've talked to lending loan officers. Now, what's the job title? Loan officer. So what is the thing that you do? Loan money. And they've told me, I'm not meeting my goals because people aren't coming in to ask for loans. So in other words, if people aren't coming in to ask for loans, I'm advocated of my responsibility. Well, then remember, you're a loan officer, but you don't have any loans. So why don't you go back through some of your credit reports of your members you've lent money to recently and work those and call them back up and say, I think I can save you some money on this other loan. I don't have time to do that. What? You're a loan officer with no loans. That's all you've got is time. But you see, they think their job is to meet goals as long as everything works easily. So it's the desire to perform a level that meets or seeks expectations regardless of obstacles. When I give you a responsibility, it's your job to do it regardless of obstacles or come and tell me that it's a problem. Now, where are we at in the United States on motivation? This is from the Gallup Group. And again, one of the things I love about the Gallup group is they are notably non-political. They're apolitical. They have no agenda other than here's the results of what we've researched. And here's what, this is the, from a study. You can check this every year. It comes out in May of every year. It's called the study of the American worker, I believe, or study of the American workplace, one of the two, comes out May of every year. And it's the, and it's the it hasn't moved much in about five or six years. 55% of employees in the United States say work doesn't matter to me. 55% of the people in the United States say work doesn't matter to me. It's what I do to not go broke. Another 16% on top of that are actively disengaged. Meaning, not only does work not matter, 
I don't want it to matter to Tammy. I tell Tammy, what are you doing? Slow up. You make us look bad. All they're going to do is raise the minimum expectations. What are you smiling about? And so what does that mean? 71% of the employees of the United States are disengaged in their work. You think we have a motivation problem in the United States? Mm-hmm, we do. Only 29% of employees are engaged. And you know what? Those are you guys. I don't know what's going on in the credit union in the, in the three hours you're with me, but we better be done on time and you better check your email because bad stuff may have happened. Because <laughs> the disengaged people are running the credit union while you're in here with me. So we got to let you go on time. I'd be afraid to go three hours in one minute, honestly. All right. Why is this the case? Do people just stink on ice? Or we just have horrible people? What's wrong with this world? Well, let me tell you, there's basically two kinds of wiring. There are people that are internally motivated and people that are externally motivated. Internally motivated people really don't need much coaching. They don't need much managing. They want to achieve work because it fulfills some need in them. That is a vast minority of people. Most people are externally motivated. Meaning, if there's consequences for failure to do it or pleasure for doing it, I will do it. But if those consequences, by the way, how many of you have a sales incentive program and you have employees who are not earning that extra money? Anybody? Free money if they did it. And they're like, eh, no thanks. Because they're saying to themselves, after taxes and after FICA, what is it going to be? $30? So what? What does this mean? You need to have accountability for failure to meet minimum expectations, just like you do in attendance, just like you do in balancing. Because... What some credit unions would say is, let's make the incentive program richer. All you're going to do is pay the people who are doing it right now more money. See, so these people are externally motivated. And they're saying, if you'll give me enough reason to do it, I'll do it. That's not the way you're wired. You're like, what do you want me to do? Okay, you have a class on that? Okay, I'll take notes. I'll practice it. Look at me, I did it. And that's why the other 71% are going, boy, I tell you what, she gets on my nerves. Look at her over there. You know, she's making this line long, talking to these members. Look at her, they're smiling, right? You get on their nerves. So most people are externally motivated. What does that mean? They need coaching. They need leading. They need to be caught doing it right. They need accountability. By the way, interesting, all topics we're going to be teaching in Vertex Live Nationwide. But there's a small group of people like you that tell me what to do, buddy. I'll go do it. And if you don't train me, I'll read a book and figure out how to do it.
because that's the way I operate. Now, okay, how bad is it? It's worse in credit unions than it is in the gen pop. This is research that we did. We five credit five credit unions, a total of 500 employees. 73% of them said they're less motivated than they used to be. Meaning what? Meaning my motivation goes up and down depending on how I feel. Is it payday? Am I tired? Am I hungover? Do I like my boss? Do I like my coworkers? All these external forces impact me. So does that make sense? If I'm externally motivated, why would my uh, motivation level not go up and down? Because external forces change. I got a new boss. I really like him. More motivated. My boss told me that I need to start coming into work on time. What a beep. I don't like him anymore. So 73% say my motivation goes up and down based on things three quarters of them. 84% said, you know what? The reason I underperform is not because I don't know what to do, it's because I don't choose to do what I know to do. 84%. That's worse than the gout group researched. And then 50%, like right in alignment with the gout group research, say, I'm doing just enough to keep my job. How many of these do I have to do, Sandy? How many do I have to do, Lindsay? When do we start? When is it going to last? Are we going to have to wear stickers? So um, what if we're, it's, we're uncomfortable doing it? Do we still have to do it? Are we going to have individual goals or just a team goal? Well, what's our team goal? Well, where did our team goal come from? Does everybody have the same goal? Because we've only got three people in our branch, Lindsay. And so what they're doing is, what's the least amount I can do, Lindsay, and not get in trouble? These numbers are worse than the numbers I just shared with you. Why? Country club coach meet lack of accountability. Country club coach meet lack of accountability. Meet an HR department that won't hold people accountable because we're terrified of being sued. Meet HR department that says, you realize you're already shorthanded right now. And if she leaves, you're going to be in a world of hurt. So I don't know that I would address this right now. Anybody with me? Anybody relate to anything I'm saying right now? We're talking real world stuff right now, aren't we? We're in the real world right now. And so what happens? Lack of accountability fear of holding employees accountable because they might leave, the, the lack of um, ability to be able to hire new employees. And then we wonder, why is our staff disengaged? Huh, go figure. Because what you're willing to accept becomes your standard. Because I'm over here busting my butt and I'm going, why would I do that? Why would I care so much when the credit union doesn't even care that much? All right, we'll keep going. Anybody seen this movie, Office Space? Great movie. 
Love the movie. Producer Rach loves that movie. This is one of my favorite sayings of that movie. I saw this and I took a picture of it. It's not that I'm lazy. It's just that I don't care. People that are not motivated, they don't go, oh, yeah, thanks for asking, Mike Neal. I'm totally unmotivated. So thank you for asking. I really appreciate you being concerned. No, I'm not unmotivated. It's just that I don't make enough money for this beep. I mean, my boss is a beep. If you had to deal with some of the beep I had to deal with, you wouldn't give a beep either. In other words, it makes sense for me to be this way. Why wouldn't you? Look at what I'm doing. And you know who gets promoted, don't you? They promote whoever they want to promote. And it's people like me. I speak truth to power. No, we think you're a jerk butthead. Uh, but, you know, maybe you speak truth to power, not in a meeting with an entire group of people listening to you spew your venom. No, I speak truth to power. And so that's held me back here the whole time. That's, I'm sure that's it. So guys, what I'm telling you here is people that are unmotivated don't think they're unmotivated. They just think I don't work at a good place. I have no reason to be motivated. All right, let's keep going. So what motivates you to come to work? By the way, do you know that most people have this in common that are motivated? They find what they're doing to be meaningful and relevant. Why do your employees get up at 5.30 in the morning to go build a habitat for Humanity House and won't show up on time to your work? Because they find meaning and relevance in volunteering and they may not be finding meaning and relevance in work they do. So Scott will share with you in the next session, how do we connect people to their work in a way that's meaningful and relevant? Okay. All right. So here's the last thing we're going to do. I'm going to quickly run through seven keys to creating a motivating environment. Seven keys to creating a motivating environment. I want to just open it up to questions and then we'll, we'll wrap up just a couple of minutes early this week. Okay. What we'll do is when Scott comes back in the next section, he will then dig down deep in each of these seven elements. Okay. So what are the seven keys to create a motivating environment? Number one, I got to set clear expectations. It's the number one thing that describes a bad boss is I don't know what my clear expectations are. And this is especially true with regard to behaviors. Number two, trust. There's that word again. You heard it in team building. You heard it today in coaching. Now you're hearing it again today in motivation. I've got to trust my manager if I'm going to be motivated. Number three, respect. I've got to be treated with respect. I've got to respect my coworkers. I've got to respect my boss. If those things are in place, I've got to respect the company I work for. If I think my company I work for is trying to rip people off, 
I don't respect that. But the great thing about a credit union is we're trying to improve people's financial well-being. So that should be low-hanging fruit. But do I respect my boss? Do I does my boss act worthy of being respected? Do I respect my coworkers? Four, we develop employees. We're back to coaching. What's the definition? Improving people to their highest potential to reach the team's goals. Number five, we have high standards. We don't use the lowest common denominator as the standard for our expectation. I don't look at Jim and say, you know, Jim doesn't come into work every time on time, but at least he's not as bad as Teddy. Teddy shows up whenever he feels like it. No, you don't compare employees to other employees. You compare employees to the expectation of the job. Number six, I wish I could teach this one. I can't. I can't talk about it, though. Optimism. I can't teach you to be optimistic, but I can't encourage you not to be a pessimist. Nobody. Let me give you an example. I've worked with this manager before. Hey, so is this everybody today? Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, but this is everybody that's here. And it's Friday and it's a full moon. So you know what we call that? Freaky Friday. Every freak going to show up here. And there's just the three of us. So I called and I asked Tammy to send me somebody, but she said she's not going to send us anybody. So we're just going to have to figure out how to make it. That's all I can tell you. Why don't we all just greet the great Kool-Aid and kill ourselves now? Because they're eventually going to come and they'll kill us slowly, right? I'm. Hey, what do you do? What do you do? Hey, it's going to be a challenging day today, but we're going to make it. Let's talk about what we need to do to work through this. That's all I'm talking about. It's not being a fellow inmate in prison with your, with your employees, but inspiring them. Sometimes you have to fake it yourself to make it yourself. But people say, oh, I, I just like to keep it real, Mike Neal. No, you like to keep it depressing. That's what you like to do. And then seven, catch people doing things right. We won't spend a ton of time here with Scott in the next session. We've already talked about catching people doing things right at level three. We'll just reemphasize that again, but those are the seven keys to motivating people. So that's gonna take us through our time today. And what we'll do is Scott, will, we're gonna have our learning lab on effective confrontation. Can't wait for that. That's so much fun. Again, please be there if you want to. We've given you a couple of different times uh, where you can attend. So uh, if you can't attend at one, maybe you can attend another. And uh, we just like to try to do value added things uh, for those who are interested in going further and further. Uh, and then Scott will pick up on the rest of the employee motivation. 
Well, I hope you felt like you were there, and I hope it gave you an appetite for more. You are the ones in the credit unions that are always continually seeking to learn and develop yourselves, and Vertex Live Nationwide is exactly for you. So if you're already a graduate, share this with a friend so that they can get a taste of what you've already gone through. And if you haven't yet tasted uh, more than what we've already shared with you as a gift for Mike's birthday, go online to servicestarconsulting.com, go to the events page, and you'll see our two upcoming Vertex Live Nationwide sessions for 2023. Look forward to seeing you then.